better play, but a loss nonetheless as the Wild finish their East Coast road trip at 1-3. We take a look at some observations from the road, some things we would like to see, and a look at a couple of big pieces for the future who are heating up. All that and more today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we recap the loss to Tampa Bay by a score of 4-2, to two, some observations from the road trip for the Minnesota Wilds, a couple of things we would like to see going forward, and a look to the future with a couple of key pieces for the Wilds going forward, starting to heat up down in Iowa. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and it was better The overall play was better for the Wild against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and yet the results were the same. A 4-2 loss for the Wild, some costly penalties, some uh, just bad decisions, and an inability for this team to score at even strength. Uh, The two goals that the Wild got against the Lightning – a shorthanded goal, and so maybe the Wild were uh, tuning in over the last few episodes in which we really talked about uh, breakaways as just something that it seems like this team has been able to consistently generate, just not consistently score. And Jewel Erickson Eck able to do just that. Um, and you get a power play goal from Kirill Kaprizov, but can't get one past at even strength. Uh, past Andre Vasilevsky, and we're seeing just these two goals. I feel bad for Marc-Andre Fleury and for Philip Gustafson. I really do, because we're seeing those guys so dialed in, so crisp early in games, making just these fantastic saves. Fleury was out of his mind early on in this game. Uh, he had the uh, <laughs> he had the breakaway opportunity in which he uh, came out of the crease fully and like slid and managed to poke the puck away. Uh, so he was flurry was feeling it and he wanted to be the one that kind of by himself tried to get this team back on track. But the further you get into the game the more that this five-on-five inability to score kind of presents itself. And it's just a ton of pressure on these goalies to try to avoid giving up goals of any kind because 
you don't know if you're going to get power play opportunities um, to get back into the game because that's really the only way that this team is able to score short of relying on shorthanded opportunities to uh, to being able to give you goals, which is not something that it's not something that you are. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable um, looking at that opportunity at uh, at that as something that you're relying on to give you offense. And uh, I've got a tweet from Brett Marshall over the last three games, Minnesota Wild in five on five. They have been outscored seven to one. Uh, their expected goals for in that time is six point one three. Their expected goals against is 5.56. They have outshot opponents 66-59, outattempted opponents 135-130. to Brett alludes to it hasn't been from a lack of effort, but the Wild are struggling to finish with over five goals less than expected at 5-on-5. Five five. And so you, you look at the high danger chances as well. And over those last three games, 10, 13, and 9 chances respectfully. And it, it just comes down to if you're not able to get shots to go through on their own, you have to find ways to get players in around the net for deflections, for tip-ins, for rebounds right in front. And you just have to start manufacturing goals when you are at even strength. It's not something that you, it's not sustainable to not be able to score at five on five and to rely on your power play or the off chance when you are on the penalty kill. It's not sustainable. And it is leading to these two goalies giving everything they have for as long as they can and just kind of as the game goes on breaking down because they're just getting peppered by opportunities because the team can't sustain in the zone either. So it is, it feels like the blame shifts from goalies to defense to offense but right now, I'm firmly on the offense because it feels like you have a defense and you have a goalie situation. It feels like those guys have to be perfect. They can't make any mistakes, which leads to guys playing tense, leads to guys, in the case of the, uh, the goal that Philip Gustafson gave up, uh, in the final minute of the game against the Florida Panthers. It leads to guys trying to anticipate what's coming and therefore making mistakes because they're not simply reacting to what's going on. They are trying to overcompensate because the team's not scoring goals, and so they feel like they have to go out of their way to help in that regard. And so you just, the optics are not great right now. And I know a lot of the message coming from Dean, coming from the team, was that the play was better against the Lightning. 
And it was, but at the end of the day, they the Wild are now a team that is on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. And we talked about the February schedule. It's not easy. And so the notion that this team needs another jolt, another Ryan Reeves-type move, it may have to come sooner than later because if you wait until the trade deadline to do it, if things keep going at this current rate, it may be too late. So it's it's frustrating to have a trip like that where you get pretty thoroughly outplayed in a couple of games, you win one maybe you shouldn't have, and you lose one that you probably could have won. But again, the one that you didn't win that you probably could have came down to some of the same things that have been happening every single game this season. So it's hopefully this is a wake-up call because there are a couple of home games here before the All-Star break and after the All-Star break. It's all at home against super, super good teams. The Wild will either be still in the playoff hunt at that time or they'll be out of it. And really, it, it comes down to kind of how they want to have that conversation go. The players are going to be the ones that determine how that goes. So I have some suggestions for, uh, for things that may help starting with Thursday's game against the Flyers. And so as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild, I'll offer up some suggestions for areas in which things can be improved for this team to uh, get out of this funk. And we'll uh, take a look at those as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We are so excited about our new sports betting partner, for Locked On because they are the number one sportsbook in America. That, of course, happens to be FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that is even better. There are so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. If you tuned in yesterday, you heard that the Tampa Bay Lightning were one and a half goal favorites. The over-under was at six. And so if you took the Lightning, you probably turned out all right as they won by two goals. The uh, over-under, however, not as good of a story. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of Locked On Sports. Continuing today's episode of Locked On Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. 
for your second listen, make sure you check out the Locked On NHL Prospects show to get the full lowdown on all of the biggest names that will be available at the 2023 NHL Draft. Plus, some organizational rankings as well throughout the entirety of the NHL. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. So, here are some suggestions for things that may help the Wild uh, cure what ails them as they take on the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday. And we'll have more of an in-depth preview of that game coming up for you on Thursday. But I'd like to see, first and foremost, accountability. And I am referring to, after the game, uh, Dean Evason was asked uh, about the penalty situation continuing to mount for Ryan Hartman, committing a couple of penalties. One, I, I know that the one maybe should or shouldn't have been a penalty. But at the end of the day, you know, we can even go back to when Hartman got the, uh, the misconduct penalty for berating an official after a call that he didn't particularly care for. Then as soon as he came back, went to the far side of the ice and got in a fight and then got tossed for that. So whatever the situation is, Hartman clearly has been frustrated with his play at points this season. And it led to after the game, when Dean was asked about that situation, it led to a pretty interesting quote from uh, Everson in regards to Hartman's play. And uh, frankly, he, he, was pretty, uh, he was pretty spot on because uh, and I'm just looking for the quote here uh, to make sure that we, uh, we get it so that it is um, so that it's right on. Uh, Everson was asked after the game um, about Ryan Hartman's penalties, and he basically point blank said, that um, he should be upset about how he's playing and um, what he's doing to kind of cost the team in particular situations. And uh, so, honestly, I would like to see that acted upon because if you're going to call out a player after the game and if Hartman then is going to be back in the lineup – after doing some of those things, after Matt Dumba was just scratched for lapses in play that uh, the team wanted to see corrected, it's not like this is a new problem for Ryan Hartman. This has been something that's been going on all season. And so if you are going to call a guy out like that after the game, and this, this is not the first time that Dean Evison has done this either, let's start holding people accountable. I'm talking about everybody on the team. Nobody should be above a rough stretch. If you have a player that has had a rough stretch, give them an opportunity to just take a breather. A one-game one breather, if they get back to it after that, great. But you have Mason Shaw just now sitting on the bench and only getting into the game when somebody is hurt. That's the only time that he has gotten into the game since the Wild got back to full health or illness. 
Those are really the only times. And if you are not happy with the way that a player is performing, that's about the only way that you can get them to kind of get the message of, hey, I need to pick it up and I need to not commit penalties on a nightly basis that more often than not end up directly leading to goals. That has been the other thing with this penalty kill too is I feel like with the aggressive style that the Wild play, if it becomes a volume penalty kill, that's where they lose. If you are using that penalty kill one or two times a night, fine. If you're using it five or six, you're going to get burned. Or in the case of the Carolina game, seven. You're going to get burned at that point. And so, yes, you're going to take penalties throughout the course of a game. But there are also penalties that you just absolutely should not have happen. And Hartman's, yes. Too many men in the ice should really never happen. I understand the 11-7 and situations that the Wild have found themselves in from time to time that you have guys that are staying on the ice for a shift, for double shifts. And in those situations, you you have to kind of try to do what you can. But it's not an accident that this team is one of the most penalized teams in the NHL. It's not. A lot of it is either retaliatory, frustration-based, or guys simply getting beat on a play and trying to compensate by grabbing hold with whatever they can, which usually ends up being a stick. So I'd like to see some accountability for guys if they don't perform up to the standards that the team have set for what they need to do on a nightly basis. Set them. Because if there are no consequences other than getting called out to the media... What's to stop it? So accountability, we, we also have to see some level of adjustments made. When is the last time that the lines were even remotely tweaked outside of an emergency situation with an illness or an injury? I can't remember the last time. Maybe when Sam Steele was promoted to the top line. And this is one of the rubs that I have with Dean is when things are going well, he is very much a don't mess with it, let it do its thing. And, you know, part of I think the charm too is that he allows the team to try to kind of fight their way out of a slump. This is not a slump. This has been a season-long problem for this team. You have one line, and it's largely due to the two players on it. You have one line largely that is able to really do the things offensively that you're looking for. I, I just, if it were me, and maybe this is... Maybe this is just wrong because I have never played the sport and so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about here. I feel like 
I always go back to the St. Louis series against the Blues last year in the playoffs where the Blues found themselves down two games to one. And I understand playoffs magnify things. But Craig Berube, he put his entire lineup in a blender. And that was at two games games to one down. Whole thing in a blender. The Wild did not, even when they were up in that series, even after they lost game four, no changes. Game five, no changes. Game six, Cam Talbot and Net, no changes. And, I, you know, Dmitry Kulikov came out of the lineup. Okay, so I'll grant you one change. Beyond that, everything stayed the same. And it's fine when you're winning. It's fine when you're scoring a ton of goals. But when you're not, you have to try something else. You've got to you've got to tweak and try even some other different combo. You can't score on five on five. Just have not been capable of scoring five on five. So until that improves, we got to see what the other combinations could potentially do. That's it. It's as simple as that. And you know, beyond that, it's pretty much all self-inflicted. It's it's one thing where you have a team that you go up against and they just are the better team that night. But it's another thing entirely when you have multiple games in which bad penalty Leads to a penalty kill. Leads to an opponent power play goal. Offense not able to make up for it. it it's been a script for several of the losses so far this season. Hopefully this dropping out of the playoff picture, being on the outside looking in with now having to contend with Colorado being in front of you. Not even at full strength yet, but getting there. Hopefully this is a wake-up call. Because if not now, then I, I, I don't know. Now, we'll end on a high note because a couple of young prospects in the Minnesota Wild system have been on an absolute heater recently. And so we'll take a look at how the future is starting to shape up for the Minnesota Wild. We'll do so after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, once again, make sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Lockdown NHL is free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. A couple of numbers to hit you with to finish off the show here today. Uh, let's start with Marco Rossi, who was added again in last night's game for the Iowa Wild, who have been on an absolute roll over their last few games. Uh, Since December 9th, Rossi's played in 16 games. He has seven goals, two on the power play, 11 assists. He is a plus five, has 38 shots on goal, 12 in the last two games. So 18 points. In his last six games, and 
Rossi's starting to certainly heat up for the Minnesota Wilds. But not only that, Jesper Wallstead, 6-0-0 in his last six starts. He has not allowed more than one goal in five of the six games uh, and just allowed two goals in the other game and has a 1.00 goals against average and a 9.66 save percentage in those six games. So two pieces. You talk about this team having to make some tough decisions in the offseason. Those guys may be making things a little easier uh, down there in Iowa. And not only that, you've got Sammy Walker, who continues to pace the Wild in goals this season. And so, yes, the next two seasons after this one are going to be even more lean than the, uh, than the previous few. Do again once in part to uh, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. But look at what the team has been able to find um, over the last handful of months since the end of last season. You've got Matt Boldy signed to a long term deal, um, seven year deal for him. You've got Philip Gustafson, who has performed well above expectations so far this year. And um, I know the results over the last couple of games have not been great, but still has numbers right up there with the best goalies in the league uh, so far this season. And he was a super unknown coming into this year. So you've been able to find him. You've been able to find you know Matt Boldy and, and get him signed long-term. You've got Volstead, You've got Rossi. You've got Walker down in Iowa, performing at uh, a very high level. And that doesn't even take into account Brock Faber with the uh, the Gophers at this point. Um, having a great season for them. We, uh, we talked about Faber uh, a few weeks ago, and we'll, uh, we'll have another check-in uh, coming up um, here before the uh, collegiate hockey season is over. So you've got Faber in the mix. You've got this next wave of guys that are going to get opportunities over the next few years to, uh, to be able to come up to the NHL level and show if they've got what it takes to be, able to, to be able to stick, to be able to be part of this next core. And so you know, while things look a little bleak right now, and again, ebbs and flows of the season. And so, waited a long time after the game to record this episode just to try to just to try to process everything. You've got ebbs and flows of the season, and so there is certainly time for this team to turn it around. And a lot of what ails them seems to be on a most night basis self-inflicted and so if some of that gets cleaned up it is a team that is capable of playing that more gritty style it's just that they have to put their minds to it and so if things don't go according to plan 
the rest of the season, you're going to open up some opportunities for some of those young guys to get a taste and to see if they will be part of the next wave in the uh, the next couple of seasons. But, you know, I, I come back to this ultimate theme that we have really hit on here over this road trip is that however this season ends up, if it ends up with a playoff appearance, if it ends up with not one, it's going to be on the players to do what they need to do in order to get this thing back on track. And hopefully the frustrations of the road, there, there, were, there was some fight from the Wild against the Lightning, both literally and figuratively. And so hopefully that coupled with seeing yourself being on the outside of the playoff picture now, Hopefully that can be the wake-up call to get everything back on track because I'll say it again because I don't, I don't think it has been said enough. February is going to make or break this season. There's, there's no way to beat around the bush with that. February will either make or break this season depending on how things go. And so... It's going to be on the players to uh, to do what they need to do to make sure that it doesn't break once that stretch is over. That will do it for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Lockdown NHL is free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, just like Lockdown Wild. So make sure you subscribe anywhere you tune into your podcasts. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Follow us on social media as well. We are everywhere we can possibly be, keeping you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network.